A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters. I'm your host, podcaster Belle Crawford, and on the show, it's part two of our therapy session series on relationships and resolving conflict with clinical hypnotherapist Caroline Cranshaw. I'd recommend listening to part one first, where we discuss research, signs your relationship will or won't last, and how to turn it around. And I get some more advice on my relationship from Caroline. Find out all is covered in this two-part therapy session series. And before we get started, please make sure that you follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford, where you can watch short videos of the series. The details are in the show notes. And thank you so much for signing up for bonus subscriber-only content on the Self Love Club. You're going to get more, more episodes, more personal information that I'm able to share, more insights, more recommendations, and popular features like love lessons. Let's get into it. And there just, there can't always be equal effort and equal thoughtfulness. It, it's relationships don't work like that. It is sometimes they give a bit more. Sometimes you give a bit more. Sometimes we concede a bit more. It's give and take, but it's also knowing that conflicts come up, especially once you have kids. You yeah. think it's difficult figuring all that now. It's like, oh my God. try navigating Christmas when you have children and two families that want to see you. It's just, it's knowing that it's going to come up and it's okay. And it's part of life. Conflict is part of life. Yeah. And I think that when we keep getting triggered about it, I think it's looking at ourselves. I know for me, being called selfish or thought of as selfish was like, oh, yeah. it was like one of the things that was like awful. I never wanted to be thought of as selfish. But so then I would like do things I didn't want to really do. And I'd be too giving. And then I'd be passive aggressive and resentful and pissed off about it. And when I started embracing being selfish and being selfish is just like looking after myself and not that, yeah, not that you need to go around just being selfish and only think about yourself. But when we, we start embracing that quality, like being a bitch, right? Being a bitch is a quality I embrace as well because bitches get stuff done. And not that I want to go around being a bitch to everybody, but it's like the more we embrace these things that we're afraid of being seen as. And that's the thing we get called a lot as a child is, oh, you're so selfish. So then yeah. it becomes a trigger, Yeah. right? But selfish people look after themselves. If selfish means making sure that I make money and look after myself, then yeah, I am. You're right. Mm. Like start agreeing with them a little bit and see how that, then they're kind of like, oh, well, I'm not saying you're selfish because if you can embrace that, if someone else calls you that, it's not going to trigger you as much. Yeah. That's interesting what you say, because that's definitely been a trigger for me. And it's interesting for you as well, because yeah, there's that connotation that we are told we're selfish for having boundaries, right? That's essentially yep. what it is. And if we replace the word with, of selfish with boundaries. There's a difference between being selfish and having boundaries or being a bit assertive and putting your needs first. It doesn't mean that you don't put other needs of other people at an important place. It just means that, hey, I need to work. I need to pay my bills. I need money. Like I need to exercise, sleep, eat, you know, see my friends, spend quality time in my relationship, all the things 
that's not selfish. That's just normal, right? In some ways, it's actually quite refreshing and a relief for me to hear that this is all normal because, again, in my little ideal mind, I'm like, oh, God, this is, no, this is not good. I get that feeling. It's not a bad feeling like I need to get out of the relationship. I'm like, oh, no, like you get a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I can't quite think of the word, but my dad sometimes says that I, not too high standards, I think that these things are bad and that we can live in a, we can be in a relationship where they don't exist, but that's not, that's not the case, is it? So for me to get worried when this stuff happens and going, oh God, that's the end of it. Like this is not going to work out. That's not actually true, is it? No, not at all. It is. I mean, that's every relationship is going to have conflict. It's just how you deal with the conflict. And I think the happiest relationships are when people put their needs, like they prioritize them. When they look after themselves and they go to the gym or work out or yeah, they're not just there doing everything for the other partner because it just isn't healthy. And you start to lose respect for yourself. And I think your partner starts to lose respect for you as well. And it's you teach people how to treat you. And if you have high standards and you don't accept bad behavior or behavior that makes you feel bad, your partner will very quickly learn what they can and can't do. But people aren't used to that. They're not used to confident women that have boundaries and put them their needs like that really prioritize them. That is like considered a bitch, right? We get defensive because we're just doing what we need to do and we get told that it's a bad thing, which is, yeah, that's just the patriarchy. That's just, and then when you bring up the word, the patriarchy guys are like cringe, like, oh God, but it's true. (laughs) Like, yeah, they don't understand that they've benefited from that system. And now we are trying to take our power back and just be equal and live our lives and not burn ourselves out because- that is not cool. Like you mentioned about the Christmas thing, that's a time where a lot of control from families comes into play. I've seen it through so many people's families' expectations that, especially if you live in a different city, even if you live in the same city, the expectation on you have to be here for you know the whole time, this amount of time. And when you're trying to split your time between two families can be really hard. I think in my family, with my immediate family now, Mum said to me, she's like, I think I've been a bit relaxed and chill on you because she's not controlling in that way. Yes, she want us home for Christmas, but it's not that it gets nasty against anyone else. And she'll often accommodate around our partner's families so that it works because people please her. Hello, Julie, what up? I learned from the best. She's a very lovely, thoughtful person. But, you know, even this year, she's like, hey, I want to do a Christmas brunch which she loves doing anyway because it's less stress and everyone's gone, you know, by the afternoon. And then you guys can go do that. But it's interesting, isn't it? When certain families have expectations on people in a relationship, talk us through that because you've obviously lived through that situation and... Yeah. And I mean, to be fair to him, we did, we resolved that and he accepted it because I just held my line with it. It's funny because I know that your parents have been divorced, right? I find that parents that have been divorced and have that kind of background, which my parents were divorced, were more flexible on it, right? Because you have to be. Like you're having to deal with different people's schedules and different families and interactions. And so my family's always like, whatever works. And, you know, it's been mornings with my mom's family and afternoons with my dad so for me it was like well you just be flexible and luck I was very lucky where everyone in my family was very flexible with that no one had a hissy fit over it but I don't see that with other families but I find when there's a like a really strong core family that the parents have been still together they do tend to have a bit more higher expectations in saying that I'll see divorced families where the parents are at war with who spends what with with Christmas and all of that but I think it's just holding the line not engaging when people 
because people will lash out and they'll try to manipulate or guilt trip you. I mean, and saying, yeah, my mother definitely would do the guilt trips, but I'll, I'll just, for myself, I'll use humor to deflect that. I'll just be like, pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. <laughs> and then she just laughs and goes, I know, I'm Italian. And I'm like, of course I'm giving you a guilt trip. Yeah, because I think a lot of people probably listening find or feel like their families control aspects of their relationship and their lives with their children, with their partner, because some families feel like they can dictate what you do in terms of, I'm not saying day-to-day stuff, there's probably some in that situation, but like for Christmas, how many hours you're with some a family, or like birthdays, different things like that. You know, you see a lot of, I honestly reckon a lot of people listening will be in a situation like this because it's how a lot of families exist. Yeah. And I think it's setting the boundaries and expectations before the day, like saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. And we'll come for this amount of time and hold to that. And when people try to guilt trip you and be like, oh, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Bye bye. Yeah. And just don't hook in to the guilt trip. I think, and, and it's hard. You don't want to upset people. But I mean, that's manipulation. Mm. It really is. And it's not okay. And I think learning how to negotiate is a really important tool there's a great like one of my most favorite books in the whole world is called never split the difference negotiating as if your life depends on it it's by chris voss used to be head hostage negotiator but he is so good at teaching you just ways to negotiate with people and life and relationships and families are all in the negotiations so one little thing he'll say is like is it unreasonable for me to want to go see my mother on christmas now because people can't go no that's unreasonable to see your mother So it's finding little ways and just staying very calm and just stating. And sometimes you do need to repeat yourself. Or another way that you can get through to people, I find, is to, well, how would you feel if, and turn the situation around, describe the situation from their point of view with their family Mm. and see, you know, and how would you feel if this is what I was asking you to do? Would that that seem completely reasonable and fair? And a lot of, because a lot of times they're just not even thinking about Mm. that. They're not putting themselves in your shoes. So the more you can point that out and just calmly, if they still refuse, well, then they're a prick and don't listen to them. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. I think if people put the shoe on the other foot, they realize that they probably wouldn't want to be in that situation either, which is in turn, I think sometimes they do realize that and they're just expecting that of you. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that's one of the best ways is to just turn it around on them. And how would you feel if I was asking you to do this? They just deny it. I mean, some people just cannot admit if they're wrong or that's a warning sign for me is that when there's no accountability, no responsibility, then that person really needs to grow up. And people can can learn it because a lot of times they're just not taught it in their families at all, but they can learn. It's just being willing to learn. Like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Yeah, and setting those boundaries when you are a people pleaser can be really, I mean, even though we're learning to be good at setting boundaries because at the end of the day, a lack of boundaries is just, you're not doing yourself a service. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to feel really shit. So actually a lack of boundaries is really bad. You shouldn't be doing that. But then when you do start to put them in place and not feel bad about it, of course, when you set a boundary, people are going to not like it because it affects them and they've been able to get away with certain things or it's going to change the outcome of ways that they're able to interact with you. So you're fine with setting that boundary and then when you're face to face with this person and you're having to deal with their upset about it, that's when it can get a little bit and I want to oh, like smooth it over and blah, 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 even though I feel very firm in how like what I'm doing, you know, that can be, it's one of those, it's just a process of learning to do it over time really, isn't it? It is because it, it can feel, I know for myself, it felt deeply uncomfortable and I would try to justify it and make excuses mm. for it and like try to make up for it more. But now I'm just like, nah, that's just how it is. Like my partner now, he goes and sees his mother at least once a week. He might yeah. take his kids over there. And I'm just like, nope, I'm working. Cause I'm a Capricorn and I'm a workaholic. And so like, I, I literally do prioritize my work, family events, stuff like that. I'm totally there for, but I think that was a bit of a, a shock to him with how much I'm just like, no, you have fun. I'm not going. Whereas he'll go with me to anything, to anything. And we'll always prioritize And this that. is totally, and this is where I find in relationships because You've set that boundary and that's, and you're allowed to, like you still go to important things. You're still supportive. You're doing all the right things. It's healthy. You are being, you know, you're still thoughtful and his needs are important to you, right? That's great. Mm. But when you don't do the same as them, so you, okay, you guys go to that, have fun. I've got to do this. So I've got these commitments, right? But then when the other, it's the other way around and then they get angry with you. I just don't like that because that's not fair, is it? Yeah, it isn't. And I just, I mean, I was lucky whereas my partner just didn't make me feel guilty about it all. But I think he was a little bit shocked. And he still always asks. Yeah. It's also hard for people like we're self-employed, right? It, there's no nine to five. Yeah. There's no just getting the work done. And I think that when you are, when you work for someone else and you can just leave the job and you're not having to do work at other times, it's a little bit harder for them to understand. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, we don't get paid holiday pay. You know, you might think, oh, well, you can account that into your work. Yeah, but like, it doesn't really exist. Like, you know, you obviously need to make sure that you have enough money for that period. So coming up at Christmas, we don't get paid unless we earn money. And, you know, we're going to pay tax on everything. And it's not like you have, as someone who's self-employed or a freelancer, you have to, you know, some days you might not earn money or then you make up for it the next day or, you know, you're just always having to line things up. So we were not having a moan about it. It's just the reality of our work. So, hey, if I can't come to something because I actually have a work opportunity that day, I have to take it. And that is not me being selfish. That is a basic need. And I'm putting that first. And that and that, that's a simple matter of it. And it would be yeah. exactly the same if you ask someone in their nine to five, oh, hey, can you do this thing during this time? They'd say, oh, no, I've got work. So why is it not respected when? Uh, That's a perfect way to put it, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, just say, hey, well, why don't you pop down at two o'clock and blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh you can't. have a big meeting? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're just learning to coexist in a good way, like live with someone and your lives merge and work together. But sometimes there's going to be conflict. So I'm, I'm very relieved to hear that having conflicts isn't always a bad thing because you do hear about couples that don't fight at all. And would you say that's more of a red flag to you than couples that fight? Yes, 100%. Because I think they're more checked out. I mean, and some of that's just temperament. If you have two really easygoing, low conflict people, then that's just how they are. But a lot of times people just don't say anything. They stuff it down and they grow a tumor. 
You know, like the idea that two people meet and fall in love and live happily ever after is like one of the biggest myths ever perpetuated. And we're brainwashed into thinking this is going to happen. The reality is we meet and we do everything to like torture each other. And we have no idea how to have a healthy relationship. And we just think, oh, but we're in love. Everything's going to work out. The sad fact is you have a better chance of surviving cancer than making a relationship last till death do you part. No hope for us, is there? (laughs) We're all bloody doomed. Well, you're not. But if you learn about relationships, if you learn about communication, if you just implement the things that I talked about today, I guarantee you your relationship will be significantly happier and and function a lot healthier. But it's uncomfortable to change and it's uncomfortable to start doing something. And when it's, unless we watch parents or caregivers or people around us have these really healthy interactions and we don't have a hope of just naturally knowing how to do this. Like this is what they should be teaching in school. Like I am sorry, but how to have a good relationship, how to communicate in a relationship is way more valuable than algebra ever was for me. I know. I would have been so helpful. That and like teaching us how to pay taxes and things like that. Things that we actually use. Because algebra, look, I got base level, but when you get to like, you know, later on in the higher levels of calculus, like, oh my God, my brain's fried. But learning how to deal with conflict, especially when Yeah, you may have grown up in a good family. Like I had great parents, but they didn't set the best example. Their parents probably didn't set the best examples. That doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just normal human stuff, right? And they just did the best with what they've got. And that's what we're trying to do now, except we also have a lot more resource now that we can actually better ourselves and have better relationships than probably they would have because we've got more resources having conversations like this that they never had. Exactly. And a lot of the science is new. Right. So it is. I mean, a lot of it is it hasn't reached mainstream. We just haven't really been taught it unless we seek it out. Like, I think there should be a requirement to get like a marriage license, right, that you have to take this course. That's one thing I I think that Catholic Church and some churches do quite well is they make you do this premarital counseling and they really work through issues that you could have later on, which is I mean, we should all do this. Yeah, I was raised Catholic and I don't practice currently. Um, well, I haven't for a long time gone to church regularly or anything like that. Um, and my mum was telling me about how my cousin, they did it. And it's actually really good. It talks about how you would manage money together. And it's not even about the church. It's just like some really practical tips. I want to look into it because, uh, yeah, it's some really helpful things that you can talk to each other before you're in these situations, before you're married and thinking, oh God, we're going to have to get divorced because we don't know how to share money or we don't, we don't agree on this, you know, like it's just... Um, rather than putting out a fire at the when it's too late it's like you know having things in place beforehand it sounds like a really smart idea yeah and that's what I say to couples all the time where I'll get individuals and they're like oh I'm having this conflict and I'm like you guys should do a session together oh but we're not really you know we're not about to break up and I'm like well do you wait if you have like a cut in your arm and it starts looking a bit red do you wait until it's gangrious and your hand's about (laughs) to fall off before you go to the doctor Or do you go to the doctor pretty quick or you start putting some like cream on it or something like that's the thing. People wait until that limb is about to fall off and it's rotting and it's not coming back and it's got to be amputated. Go to therapy, work on this stuff before you. It's so big that it can't be overcome. That's an interesting point, because even before as someone who is fine with therapy for myself, my reaction before, even though I didn't take it like in a bad way, I was like, you know, that's a great idea. But we often think that oh, if you need to go to relationship therapy, that's really bad. There must be something really wrong. So I feel like there's a lot more work in terms of 
reducing that stigma, which is already being reduced around therapy for an individual. I think maybe because my parents went to couple counselling, that was at the end. Like that was that was the only time I heard them fight was after they went to that and they properly got divorced after breaking up for four years. So it actually helped them in terms of ending their relationship rather than dragging along for four years while they're splitting up. So for me, seeing my parents go to that is a negative thing, right? I think in society, we think, oh God, we're going to couples counseling. It's re- There's something really wrong with our relationship, but that's not the fact. Not at all. Like, I mean, do you wait until you've gained so much weight you can barely leave the house before you hire a trainer or a nutritionist? Or do you, you know, like the longer you let it go on, mm. the worse it's going to be and the harder it is to overcome. So if you can go and then you can just go to like one or two sessions and that's it. And just like set boundaries and talk to the therapist about like the little things that you're having now so you can help resolve them or figure out if they're not resolvable and then accept it. Like I said, that 69% of your issues are not resolvable. that's the thing is people think oh you must be about to break up if you're going but that's too late or not too late it's just going to make it harder you're going to need to spend way more on therapy it's going to be more painful so if you can go when you just start having these little niggly thing then you're going to have a much better relationship and you're going to be in the space where you want to like actually resolve it right (laughs) no you're more open to it when you don't like hate them and wish they would die we will record more conversations about i feel like we could talk about a lot more things but before we wrap up today a couple of things to touch on having conflict in a relationship isn't necessarily a bad thing at all is it from what i'm gathering from you which is something a question i had because it's not that you don't want to argue but for me having arguments and 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 healthy ones and and now and then I was starting to think that maybe there was a problem but that's not the case not at all no it is it's a sign of a healthy relationship really it's like I said I am more worried about a couple that never fights Mm. at all because someone's not saying something there could be some I've never met them oh actually I know I probably I can think of my stepsister and her husband, I've never seen them have a conflict ever. And they disagree on everything and they're happy and they've been together forever. But that's probably the only couple I can think of off the top of my head. Most people are having some type of complex. It's normal and healthy. It's just all in how you do it. Just don't call your partner a dumb cunt or anything like that. And you know, you should be all right. And from what I told you about mine, do you think, like, I I feel fine in it, but now I'm like starting to be like, oh God. Do you think it sounds, does that situation, I mean, there's probably others I can share, like similar sort of thing that is, it's around that boundaries and having to give and take in a relationship and when something doesn't work for a person and it's not personal, it's just, hey, I've got these commitments just like you have those commitments. Does that sound, in my situation that I share, does that sound fine? Do you think it's going to be okay? (laughs) It's going to be absolutely fine. It's normal and healthy to have conflict. It's just learning to resolve it. And that it's just a learning curve. And it takes time to get there. I think it takes at least two years of a relationship to just start like getting there. I think more like five, really, when you overcome it. The problem is a lot of people, they don't, say anything they let it slide and meanwhile they just start like racking up the points of things they're pissed off about and then a few years kick by and then they start having these massive conflicts but it sounds like you both are just bringing up what you're not happy about which is good because then you have time to resolve Mm. it and talk about it and and work through it but I think it is it's setting boundaries because most people aren't used to having a relationship with someone who has boundaries 
It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like, and I don't want to stereotype or gender type, I feel like people in heterosexual relationships, men have a lot of boundaries and we just, we've been brought up to respect that. We don't question it. Well, sometimes we do. Yeah, it's interesting when women assert boundaries or put them into place for their own well-being and the well-being of everybody around them, that's seen as a bad thing. Yeah, that's one thing I think I'm definitely coming up against at times and it's nothing against my partner he's amazing women tend to be better at accepting boundaries from other people men not as much yeah they say what's important in a relationship is whether or not the guy can take influence and guidance from his partner because women are used to doing that but if a man can't do that that relationship tends to be a bit doomed as well but they're not really used to doing it <laughs> all depends on how their mothers are right <laughs> <laughs> and it can go both ways. If they've got a super strong mother, they might be resistant. And if they've got a really like docile, very yeah. passive mother, then they're used to like just getting their way. So yeah, you can just go on and on. It's such a fascinating topic though. Yeah, yeah. It? We'll have to talk more about this soon. But thank you so much for coming back on, Caroline. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. Hopefully it'll give them some good insights. I think for a lot of my friends that are single currently, I'll be like, honestly, you think when you're single, you just want to be in a relationship? And it is great. But I say to them, honestly, don't wish your single life away. Enjoy it because it's not that easy having to navigate life with someone. Even when you're in a healthy relationship, having to constantly like, it's good, but you know, like it's not like it's just you anymore. You don't have, you've got to think about other people, which I don't have a problem with, but it's just don't wish that away because you might think that being in a relationship is a be all and end all. It's, it's great, but it's not everything, you know, like it's still things that come up and, you know, it's awful when you have are having a conflict or an argument with your or you're just annoyed with them like they can annoy you so much absolutely being single is the best time to learn about this stuff you learn this now you're going to have a much better relationship because i know i can't even count how many relationships i've messed up <laughs> with my toxic behavior <laughs> again oh. it was always all their fault never mind but once i started learning about this it was like <laughs> oh. oh, that's why people guessed me, huh? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's all those novels we sent. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Caroline. Love it. You're and um, so excited for this one. Thank you. I know. It'll be good. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to this two-part therapy session series on relationships and resolving conflict. If you enjoyed this one, good news, we have more coming for you. And you can listen to our previous therapy sessions episodes on the likes of dating, attachment types, and therapy that actually works. Thank you also for listening to this bonus subscription-only episode of the Self Love Club. A subscription includes bonus episodes like this week. You get two episodes instead of one, popular features including love lessons, and I'll share more personal information, insights, and get access to further recommendations. Follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford and Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok. All the details are in the show notes. I'll catch you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.